Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. Noah lived in a wicked day. All around him, the Bible says he saw, God saw that every man's heart was filled with wickedness all the time. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He continued to serve God in the place where he was, faithfully, day in, day out. And God noticed what Noah was doing, and God was blessed and honored his life and delivered him and his family from the flood that came. Uh, I thank God for faithful people. We've got faithful people in this church who serve God day in and day out and just are, are so faithful and, and many doing things in the background that people don't see. But God sees those things, doesn't he? And uh, we need to remember that God sees all things. He sees what we do. He hears our prayers he knows and he appreciates what we do. Uh, we're told in Scripture that we'll be rewarded uh, for the things, even giving a cup of water in Jesus' name. Uh, so uh, Scripture tells us here in this chapter that uh, God saw what Cornelius was doing. Cornelius gave many alms to the poor. He was very generous in helping people in need. He uh, was consistent in his prayers. And he was seeking God. He was a God-fearer. He was seeking God uh, through the, the um, local synagogue where he was. And God saw what he was doing and saw his heart and saw his faithfulness. And God reached out to him, sent an angel, and told him, said, Cornelius, I want you to send for a man named Peter. And this man named Peter is going to come and he's going to share with you uh, what God lays upon his heart and it's going to bless you. And so Cornelius sends uh, several of his men to go get Peter. And while they're en route to go get Peter, God causes Peter to see a vision. Uh, Peter is up and on top of the roof praying, which they did in those days. Uh, and he is uh, just going about his normal prayer time. And God just sends him this vision of this huge sheet that's coming down from heaven. And it's got all these different kinds of animals, including unclean animals, that Jewish people normally would not eat according to the Old Testament law. But God says, Peter, arise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, I I've never, no way, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. God said, what I call clean, don't you call common. Aren't you glad that God says that to us today? Hallelujah. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, Peter is kind of perplexed. He's, he sees this vision, but he's not really sure what it means. And just about that time, there's some men knocking on the door uh, and asking about Peter. And God says, you go down and you meet with these men and you go with them. And don't you question a thing. Uh, I have sent them. And so Peter goes and he goes with them. And then he gets to Cornelius' house, and he begins to share with Cornelius and his family and friends who are gathered there uh, the message of the gospel. Uh, before we get to the part where Cornelius shares the gospel, I want to just talk to you about the 
uh, preliminary stuff that's happening uh, as God sees Cornelius' faithfulness and to focus on that. Um, did you know that the Bible says that God loves us and wants us to be encouraged? Uh, he gives a gift of encouragement to the church, doesn't he? Uh, there are certain people with that gift in the church. He has given us encouragement in his word. But uh, in this specific thing, God wants us to be encouraged in the faithful service and the faithful prayers we offer for his people and for his church. And the title of my message is Encouragement for the Faithful. So look with me, if you will, in verse 1 of Acts 10. It says, Then there was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. He was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. He did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. About three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came in and said, Cornelius, staring at him in awe, he said, What is it, Lord? Uh, the angel told him, Your prayers and your acts of charity have ascended as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, uh, who was one of those who attended him. After explaining everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were traveling and nearing the city, Peter went up to pray on the roof about noon. He became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were preparing something, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. A voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Peter said, uh, for I have never eaten anything impure and ritually unclean. Again, a second time the voice said to him, What God has made clean, do not call impure. This happened three times, and suddenly the object was taken to heaven. And so they come to get Peter and Cornelius. Uh, when Peter finally uh, gets there, uh, we pick up in verse 25. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped or paid homage to him. But Peter lifted him up and said, Stand up. I myself am all a man, also a man. And um, uh, he says in verse 31, he says, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your acts of charity have been remembered in God's sight. Therefore, send someone to, to Joppa and invite Simon here, who is also named Peter. He is lodging in Simon the Tanner's house by the sea. So I immediately sent for you, and it was good of you to come. So now we are all in the presence of God to hear everything you have been commanded by the Lord. So encouragement for the faithful. What encouragement can we find? Well, first of all, God reminds you that he remembers the good you do. God reminds you that he remembers the good you do. Look at verse 4. Standing at him in awe, he said, What is it, Lord? The angel told him, your prayers and acts of charity 
have ascended as a memorial offering before God. Have you ever had the experience of praying for something and then forgetting that you prayed about it and then God answers the prayer? And then uh, you're excited about it and then finally it hits you. I prayed for that. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes we, we forget what we've even prayed, but God never forgets. He remembers every prayer that we pray to him. And uh, he delights to answer. And he delights to reward us for seeking his face. Um, Jeremiah was told, uh, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Sometimes we call upon God for one thing and he gives us something better. Sometimes we call upon God uh, for one thing and then he begins to minister to us in a way that we didn't expect. Listen, God is not only concerned about what is on our heart, but he's also concerned about the good that he can do for us. But he remembers those prayers. He remembers the acts of charity that we do, the good things that we do for other people. Sometimes you may uh, be kind to somebody, and, and you don't even think about it, but you're kind to them. You're filled with the Spirit of God, and you show kindness, and God remembers that kindness long after you've forgotten it. And one day you'll receive a reward. Did you know there are books in heaven? There are books that record sin, and I'm glad because I know Christ, the, the handwriting against me has been blotted out uh, by the blood of Jesus. Uh, but God also keeps a record of the things that we do for him. And he says that one day we will receive gold, silver, and precious stones uh, the, the, for the things that we have done in the right heart for God, he will reward us for those things one day when we get to heaven. For the Christian, the judgment is a good thing because it is where we've received the rewards that God has prepared for us. Uh, what a day that's going to be. God never forgets the good that you do. Have you ever gone through a season in your life where you've struggled? Perhaps you have gotten away from God. Maybe you've drifted from God. And uh, you, you uh, come and you, you say, well, Lord, I'm not worthy. And you're coming to God and you're confessing your sin. Can I tell you something? Even though you have drifted from God, God still remembers the good that you have done. He still remembers it. Uh, even when you're gone, God remembers the good that you've done. Did you know that? When you've gone to heaven. Um, the scripture says that uh, the kings of Israel that were descended from David, those kings of Judah, that uh, God would say he blessed them on account of David, his servant. In other words, David's kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids were blessed through the good things that he did for God. Sometimes the devil will whisper in your ear and he'll say, it's not worth it to serve Jesus. Why do you even try? Why have you tried to continue to serve? Nobody's noticing what you're doing. It's not making a difference. That's what the devil will tell you. Don't you believe him for a second. It makes an incredible difference in your life. It makes a difference in the lives of other people. And it will make a difference in the lives of the people of your family. God remembers the good that you do. One day when I get to heaven, I want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Won't that be wonderful? Listen, there's a lot of people who will evaluate our lives and, uh, and you know, it, it, 
it can be good sometimes to take, uh, take counsel from people, but ultimately what will truly matter more than anything else is what Jesus has to say about our lives, right? So don't go weary at well-doing. In due time, we'll reap if we faint not. Amen? So uh, encouragement for the faithful. What encouragement do we see? God reminds you that he remembers the good that you do. Secondly, uh, God reminds you that his cleansing changes your classification. Uh, look at verse 15. Uh, again, a second time, the voice said, What God has made clean, do not call impure. What God has made clean, do not call impure. If you look on down uh, in, in verse 28, Peter says to them, you know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner. But God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. God changed the classification. You see, the cleansing of Jesus did an amazing thing. The cleansing of Jesus makes it so that every person who repents and puts their trust in Jesus Christ is cleansed of every sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's what the scripture says. From all sin. You say, well, God couldn't forgive me. God says he did. Well, God couldn't forgive that person. God says he did. If that person has repented and put their trust in Jesus, it's forgiven. It's under the blood. It's cleansed. And what God calls clean, how dare we call common. Hallelujah, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. <laughs> Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Cornelius, you've been told you're a Gentile, you're an outcast. You cannot come to the most sacred place of God's temple. But can I tell you something, Cornelius? Through the blood of Jesus, you could enter the very throne room of glory because the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed your sin. He's changed your classification. I once was a guilty sinner. It's not that I don't sin. Occasionally I sin. And I have to confess that and, and, and restore fellowship. But my classification is no longer guilty sinner. Even though apart from Jesus, that's what I would be. My classification is a justified saint. Did you know saint in Scripture is not used just for the uh, Christians who are really spectacular? It's used for every single child of God. Every single one of us is called a saint. It means to be set apart to God, to be a special possession, to be holy. We have been made holy. How? Through Christ's righteousness. It's not my righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness. The Bible calls it justification. God credits the very perfect life of Christ to me when I repent and put my trust in Jesus Christ. So I am no longer a guilty sinner. Now I'm a justified saint. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I've seen you blow it. I've seen you sin, preacher. You probably have. 
But can I tell you something? It doesn't matter. Because in the eyes of God, now it doesn't matter. We need to repent of our sin. I'm not saying that. But in terms of my standing before God, it doesn't matter. Because God has credited the perfect righteousness of Jesus to me. And I'm justified forevermore. How precious that is. Peter says, hey, this is unclean. Don't you call it. It's it's emphatic in, in the Greek. Don't you call unclean what I've called clean. I could preach a message on that. That's good stuff. All right. Uh, Encouragement for the faithful. What encouragement can we receive? God reminds you that he remembers the good you do. Secondly, he reminds you that his cleansing changes your classification. Thirdly, he reminds you that he uses ordinary people. He uses ordinary people. In verse 25, when Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. That word can mean worship, or it can just simply mean uh, pay homage to a person. It's like bowing before a king or something. Um, uh, But what does Peter do? Verse 26, Peter lifts him up and says, stand up. I myself am also a man. Well, Cornelius is showing him great respect because God has sent him, and Cornelius is receiving him with honor. But Peter says, hey, you got the wrong idea. It's not that I'm something special. I am just an ordinary man like you. And that's true, right? I mean, you look back at Peter's history, what did he do? We all know he he denied Jesus three times, right? He failed. He blew it. Uh, the little teenage girl that asked him what he believed, he, he denied Jesus under the pressure of a little teenage girl. And, and he failed. He said, I'm quitting. I'm going back to fishing. I, I, this, I'm not cut out for this. And, and, and he goes out, and Jesus, in his grace, seeks him out. He says, throw your net on the other side. And once again, that net is filled with fish and uh, come and eat. And he pulls Peter aside later and he says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Shepherd my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. What's he doing? He's saying, Peter, I'm not done with you. I know you've failed. I know you're, you're broken and you're... You're ashamed because of your failure. But can I tell you something? I love you. I still have a purpose for you. I still want to use you, Peter. Uh, and Peter never forgot that. One time he called Peter Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan, right? I mean, talk about failure. And so here Peter is, and he recognizes, I am a, a failing man, and I'm an ordinary man. But praise God, God uses ordinary What happened on the day of Pentecost? The Spirit of God came, and Peter, with all of his foibles, he's transformed and empowered by the Spirit of God, and he begins to lead the early church. But Peter didn't forget where he came from. He knew that the power was of God and not of him. He says, look, I'm no super saint. He says, I'm a man just like you. Paul understood that too, didn't he? 
he said that, you know, God gave me a thorn in the flesh. Uh, he, he, got, he gave me a thorn in the flesh. I asked him to remove it. He said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. So I will glory in my infirmities. I will glory in my weakness because when I am weak, then I am strong. Peter was writing to the, I mean, Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and he said, See, Corinthians, you, you, you are putting all this focus on the status of people, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not many mighty that God has called, not many wise, not many noble. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and the things that are not to confound the things that are. Paul says to the Corinthians, I, God doesn't want anybody boasting before him. So he tends to pick people that are unworthy and people that fail and people that have issues to be the people that he uses because it brings glory to his name. God uses ordinary people. That means you're a candidate, right? If you're ordinary. Now, he does use a few that are... That are uh, may be extraordinary, okay? The Apostle Paul would probably be in that category in some ways. Um, but, of course, God gave him the thorn in the flesh as a, as a messenger uh, for, for humility and to keep him relying upon the Lord. Um, so, um, God uses ordinary people. Don't count yourself out. Uh, D.L. Moody, we, uh, we talked about him, a uh, great evangelist of, of former years. And... Um, couldn't speak English. He is very. He he'd have classified as a Tennessee hillbilly. He'd have been right a, right at home in in these parts. I mean, he 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 might have been. Uh, you know, there are, there are hillbillies and then there are hillbillies, right? Uh, he might have qualified in that second category where you have a little trouble understanding what they're saying. And uh, but but uh, he he had the power of God was on him in such an incredible way. Uh, he came, it would come down upon him, and he would go to these universities. And, and reach these people for Christ. Why? Because when the power of God hits you, you don't care what, what kind of accent somebody's got. You see, God can use ordinary people. Uh, God appeared to Moses. He said, Moses, I've chosen you to be my spokesman and to deliver my people from Israel. And he says, well, well God, I can't talk. Right? I've got a, I've got a speech impediment. Uh, and, and Moses is arguing with God, send somebody else. Uh, you know, I, I'm not qualified for this. And, and God, God says, who made man's tongue? Moses. Right? And so God ultimately uses Moses. God uses ordinary people. So, so praise God. If you've been discouraged in your service for the Lord, did you know you don't have to have it all together to serve God? You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have every gift. Sometimes we, th- we look at somebody else, we think, well, boy, you know, if I just had the gifts that that person has, then I could serve God. No, God has given you the gifts you've got to use you. He's got a purpose for you. And so just uh, serve him and trust that God will walk with you as you ask him to fill, fill you with his spirit and that he'll work through your life. And you'll be amazed at what God can do if you'll be obedient to him. 
So receive that encouragement. He, you don't have to, to be uh, some, some widely known person to be used by God. Some of the greatest, uh, most used saints of God have been people in the background who've prayed for others. So uh, encouragement for the faithful. Uh, what encouragement do we see? God reminds us that, his, uh, that he remembers the good you do. He reminds you that his cleansing changes your classification. He reminds you that he uses ordinary people. He reminds you that he answers prayer. Verse 31, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Now, we're told that he prayed, but we're not told what he prayed. But whatever he prayed for, Peter is about to be the instrument God uses to bring the answer. Um, your prayer has been heard. Aren't you glad God answers prayer? Sometimes God answers prayer, and then we find out about it, and we, we thank and praise God. Sometimes God tells us before the answer comes, like he does here. Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Uh, when my daughter was sick, I felt like God was saying to me, it's going to be okay. You trust me. And my mom had this. I wasn't going to tell anybody about it because I thought, well, Lord, you've given me this assurance, but I don't want to uh, bring reproach to your name if I've misheard you or something. And, uh, and Well, then my mom had the same thing in her prayer time. God gave her this assurance from God about my daughter being healed. And she gave testimony in this auditorium that God healed her of her sickness. We serve a mighty God, and he still answers prayer. And maybe your prayer has been delayed. Can I tell you something? Uh, if God's waiting, then he's got a reason for waiting. If he says no, he's got a reason for saying no. He's protecting you because he loves you. Uh, and if he says yes, that's a wonderful thing. Sometimes he says, well, let me give you something better, right? Uh, so, so God, is uh, he, he answers prayer. He may say yes, no, wait, uh, or I give you something better, but he always answers prayer, and he delights in his people, and he delights to give our heart's desires. The one scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a wonderful promise? So, um, encouragement for the faithful, what encouragement we see that uh, God remembers the good you do, that his cleansing changes your classification, that he uses ordinary people, that he answers prayer, and that he sends his messengers. Um, he says, verse 33, so I immediately sent for you, and it was good of you to come. So now we're in the presence of God here, everything you have been commanded by the Lord. So not only did Cornelius send for him, God sent for him, right? God told Peter to go. God sends his messenger. Aren't you glad that God sent somebody to tell you the message of the gospel? Aren't you glad that God has given us uh, Bible teachers and, and preachers and, and uh, people to share God's truth with us? I mean, we, we've, we have such riches in our country in terms of the, the availability of Bible teaching. You've got to be careful where you get it from. But there is some really good Bible teaching out there. And uh, what, a, what an incredible blessing. But guess what? God sent us as messengers, hasn't he? We were talking about that in, in uh, Sunday school this morning. Um, 
Jesus said as he was ascending, go into all nations and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. God has sent us as messengers. You have a unique circle. Your family, your friends, uh, people you know, uh, God has placed you where you are for a reason. You're a messenger for the King of kings and for the Lord of lords. Uh, Let people know that you're a Christian, that you love Jesus. Uh, Share about the gospel as people are open for you to share. and, and, And be used by God to make a difference. Uh, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Sometimes people don't see it that way at the outset, right? Somebody once taught me, I never saw a fish that wanted to be caught. (laughs) Uh, But God says he's made us fishers of men, right? They may not want to be caught at the outset, but as we pray for them, and as the Spirit of God prepares their heart, he can open their hearts to Jesus and bring them to faith in Christ. And then what a wonderful thing it is when people know Jesus. He makes all the difference, doesn't he? I don't know how people live in this world without Jesus. Uh, If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, can I tell you something? If I were you, I'd come up right after this service is over and surrender your heart and life to Jesus and put your trust in him. Uh, There's no better thing you can do, no more important thing you can do than to surrender to him. Uh, He brings joy in the present despite circumstances as we walk in His Spirit. And then He also brings hope of a day where Jesus is coming back. And uh, He's going to make everything right. What a a hope that is. So uh, God encourages us by sending messengers. Now sometimes God sends a messenger at a specific time for a specific reason to provide a specific encouragement. I think that is definitely the role Peter fulfills here. Um, Sometimes you may have God send a messenger because you've got a friend that calls you on the phone and begins to talk to you about some things about the Lord, perhaps shares a testimony about what God's doing. And through that friend, God encourages you. That's a messenger from God for you. Perhaps you've got a friend who shares a scripture. Or perhaps you hear a song on the radio or you see... Uh, someone, I, I remember one time uh, entering into a hospital, and I didn't say anything to them. I was just blessed to the core as I walked past. This group of Christians was over to the side, and they were talking, and they were about how faithful Jesus is, and they were getting excited in the Lord. And here I am walking. I'm a, I'm a preacher. They don't know that, but I'm walking by them. I'm thinking, man, that Whew, that lifted me up. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. And uh, they, I believe those were messengers from God for me. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God cares enough to send people to minister to us? That ought to encourage us. Um, so, encouragement for the faithful. God reminds you that he remembers what you do. His cleansing changes your classification. He uses ordinary people, he answers prayer, and he sends messengers. Be encouraged. Don't be weary in well-doing. In due time, we will reap if we faint not. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that you bring to us, for remembering the good that we do, and uh, for 
changing our classification through the blood of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that today, as, as we are giving a time of invitation, giving people an opportunity to respond, that people would respond to you in the ways that you desire today. Uh, Lord, I pray, for especially for those who don't know Christ, help them, Lord, to uh, in, in simple trust, to say, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. I surrender my life to you, and I receive the gift of eternal life that Jesus paid for at the cross. Um, and, uh, Lord, I pray that we would have people step out and do that this very morning, or that people would do this online as they watch. And we pray it in Jesus' name.